On today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings, we have a write-in about a haunted house that was built in the 1800s. What do you do when you go to the gym and discover it's haunted? And what do you do when you realize you have a ghostly encounter in your very room? More coming up for you on today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Stay tuned, listeners. Listen if you dare as we unfold stories of unexplained happenings and phenomena. Write in at unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. This is where the unexpected and ghost stories are brought into reality. This is Unexpected Hauntings. That's right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unexpected Hauntings. This is episode 17. And if you guys are just now tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot for us to um, to know that we're still growing and that we're still getting out there. And we're doing just that. Actually, we are growing each day. And I know I was talking about um, the Audrey website as well. And uh, actually do have a cross promotion. Um, what is a cross promotion, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, cross promotion is where you talk about other people's podcasts and both podcast groups grow. It is an amazing opportunity for both podcast uh, channels to grow. So without be- that being said, um, I'm doing a cross promotion with a podcast channel called the Occult and Crime Academy. Um, Now, I'm just now getting to know these people. They seem pretty cool. I've been listening to their podcast for a little bit, and um, it's hosted by John and Jessica. Um, They're both married, and they do a lot of some pretty cool um, episodes about um, ancient history and extraterrestrial type of stuff. and they thought it'd be pretty cool if they were to be um, cross-promotioned. So, with that being said, I'm going to be putting in a little bit of a segment trailer of their podcast. So enjoy, guys. Welcome to the Occult and Crime Academy. I'm John. And I'm Jessica. Our podcast entails everything from the paranormal and mysterious to murdery and comedy. You are looking to sit back, relax, and have a few laughs while learning something new. Well, we are here to drag you through the depths of the world while leaving you hanging in thought. Come join us on our favorite platform to listen anytime and for more information on upcoming shows and how you could be a part of our show. All right, guys, thank you. If you enjoyed that episode, that trailer, um, per se, that trailer, um, then go look them up. Um, they're using Buzzsprout, so they are on Apple Podcast and Spotify as well, and they have a pretty good following. So keep that going for them, and they're going to be doing the same for Unexpected Hauntings. So it's going to be great. It's going to be really great. We're going to grow, they're going to grow, and might even do an episode together with them. That might still be in the works. So, 
Anyways, with that being said, um, today's episodes are pretty crazy. We actually have our very first write-in on our Gmail, um, and it's pretty cool. It's about a 1800s house that is haunted by a dominant um, ghost that keeps walking up and down stairs, um, and it's pretty wild. So I'm excited to share you guys that story, and we've got a haunted gymnasium, and as well, we have some more creepy stories. Um, so I hope that you guys stay tuned and enjoy these stories. We're going to go with the first story of the day, and it is, of course, from one of our listeners, and it is called Haunted House? Question mark. Here we go, guys. Enjoy. I have a few short stories about the house I grew up in. It was built in the 1800s. First, we would hear someone going up and down the stairs at night. It sounded like someone in heavy boots. The first time I heard it, I was 10, and we had just recently moved in. I was annoyed and wished my father would stop walking up and down the staircase because it was keeping me awake. And then I realized that it couldn't be my dad, as he was away for his work. This happened nearly every time dad was gone, and he was gone quite a lot. As I got a little older, I would come out of my bedroom and tell whoever or whatever it was to stop. It was keeping me awake. It would usually stop when asked. We affectionately named it Boots. It never felt evil. It was just loud. My brother still owns the place and says that Boots will still walk the stairs on rare occasions. There was something that would run past the front door at night. I have no idea what it was, but the thing was nasty. It scared us all, even my dad and brother. The next one is not about the house, but about my African gray parrot. He will often say stuff like, That's your dad. My dad died before I got my parrot. Makes me wonder if the bird sees something that humans can't. Thank you for writing that in today, Shelley. Um... And uh, this story is, is entitled Haunted House, with a question mark. Um, and that is pretty wild. Um, heavy boots going up and down the stairs. That can get pretty annoying. Um, I've, I've actually had an experience of, of heavy walking on the front porch of my house. So I can kind of understand that, but it would probably be more... Um, more annoying of boots going up and down stairs. Um, and I'm glad that you guys were able to look past that and give it a name. I thought that was pretty funny that you guys named it Boots. Um, and the most important part about this story is, and that was really great, is that the spirit did not feel evil at all. Now that's good. Because it could have very well been a spirit looking after you. Um, that happens quite a bit 
where someone wants to just stick around a little bit and protect you a little bit more um, before they can pass on. And um, also, I'm going to just tie in that story with um, with the parrot. I'm going to tie that in with this first story that could have been your dad um, walking up and down the stairs protecting you. Um, I'm not really sure what the time zones were with that. Um, it says that you first heard it when you were around 10, so maybe maybe that's not tied into that. Um, but that is what I got from the gist of that story is that it's a protective spirit and those are some of the best spirits because it'll protect you from the evil spirits that are out there and um, will definitely um, protect you from the evil spirits. So thank you again, Shelly, for writing in. Uh, love, love, love people writing in on Gmail right now. So if you guys want to write in, you can. It's unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. And um, I think we're going to go into the next story of the day, and it is called Haunted Gym. I don't know what to think anymore. So here we go, guys. A um, haunted story of a haunted gym. Here we go. This is the first of many stories about strange experiences at my gymnastics facility. I can and will post more, so keep watching. Note, names have been changed and I refer to myself as OP in the dialogue. Now I know what you're thinking. OP, a haunted gym? Come on, this is supposed to be nonfiction. Believe me, I would have thought I was crazy reading this too. I've always been a skeptic, but this really changed me. I'm the person who loves science and can always find a logical explanation for something, even when it's a huge stretch. But no, I'm not joking. These experiences changed me and my team forever. You believe I'm not crazy yet? Well, that's good. I can finally tell you my story. I've been doing gymnastics for about nine years at this point, and I'm competing level eight this year. But this story begins about a year and a half ago, in November of 2017. Competition season was rapidly approaching, and plans were being made to move our gym across town before the month was out. So we were working harder than usual in the gym. Our team was burning out and we really needed to remember why we loved the sport so much. My floor coaches, Gabby and Maya, sat us all down one day to have a team chat. Brooke, Abby, Sydney, Emma, Charlie, Elena, and I sat in our usual semi-circle at their feet. I can tell you're losing it. I am too, so I propose a break. After Friday's practice, we'll have another sleepover. This may be our last chance in this gym. Everyone, of course, loved Gabby's proposal. All of our past sleepovers have been some of the funnest experiences at the gym, and they had really brought us closer. This one 
was to be no exception. My teammates all agreed to bring drinks, games, and of course, food. We're going to make this the best sleepover ever, exclaimed Emma. The day arrives and we're all itching to get practice over with so we can party. We listen to Charlie's new song titled, I Got Two Boobsicles. (laughs) It was ridiculous, but we loved her songs and her strange, twisted 11-year-old brain. It was an average practice filled with laughs and between exercise after exercise. The time finally came for us to stay. First on the agenda, wiffle ball. We split into teams and play our hearts out. As I'm up to bat, I swing and hit. I throw my bat aside, I hear a scream. Brooke is on the ground, hands over her face, looking like she had just been just seen a ghost. She took her hands away, and her right eye was bright red. OP, you idiot! She shouted, almost giggling. All I saw was the bat coming at my eye, and then pain. I had hit her with my flying bat. Wiffle ball was almost over after that, and with the collegiate softball talents of Gabby and the pure stubbornness of Sydney and myself, we had managed to squeeze in a victory. Next up was just some dancing in our annual ugly dance-off. We all spread out across the floor in front of the tall, vast mirrors we used to practice our routines. This was cut short because soon after the music had started playing, Elena noticed something was wrong. Guys, guys, she shouted, she shouted until one of us decided that maybe what she had to say was more important than doing the worm. We shut off the music and turned on the lights. What the hell do you want, Elena? We all questioned. Those haven't been there, have they? No one did that. How could we never have noticed? She asked, her voice slightly shaking. Olive confused. We, st- we stared at her like she was crazy. We thought maybe she was crazy until she slowly raised her hand, pointing to the top of the mirror. There they were, long, thin, white handprints all across the top of the mirror. There were some very large claw-like ones, upside down, twisted, all over the place. Some of them were tiny, almost as if a baby had crawled across the mirror. They too were twisted, upside down, and in no special pattern. It was like I could feel the hands clawing up and down my back, and the chills sent me to the ground. We were all floored, staring in horror and awe. Did one of you pull that? Come on, don't scare us. This is total bullshit, I said. I knew in my heart that it wasn't any of them, but my skepticism prevented me from believing what I was seeing. None of us did that, OP. There's no way anyone could have done that without standing on something. Abby had always been like an older sister to me. She was strong and fearless, but now even her voice was high-pitched and quivering with fear. We all sat there almost silently for a few minutes just processing the image before us. Being twi- being twins, tweens, <laughs> sorry, being tweens and teens, I don't know what that is, okay, 
Each of us took out our phones and snapped a shot of the prince. In a vain attempt to lighten the mood, Emma said, The big ones look like a Sheldon made, made them. We were too creeped out to fully appreciate the humor, but a lighter mood came over us like a blanket. The little ones are definitely a little girl like the girls in The Shining, Charlie remarked. I dubbed her Lucy, but that wasn't quite right. Sydney, Sydney suggested Lucille, and something about that sent a chill up my neck. Lucille repe repeated Maya, and I could tell that she too had felt what I had. I can't look at them anymore. Let's get rid of them, Brooke suggested. This kind of paranormal activity affected her the most. She had always believed in ghosts and grew up in an old house with many experiences. I had chalked up to the co coincidence of some other phenomenon. Now I wasn't so sure about that. Gabby and Maya grabbed the cleaning supplies and a couple step ladders, and soon the mirror looked as if no hands had ever touched them. Scared but determined to keep up with the fun of the sleepover, we decided to play Blackie, hide and go seek, but in the nearly pitch black of the gym at night. The only light coming in was the dim beams of occasional headlights of the road outside streaming through the dusty garage door windows. Rounds went by and my spots were legendary. I've always been great at finding tight spaces and corners. No sane pe person would think to check. The, the, the round when it happened was no exception. Let's pause the story real quick and I'll give you a layout of the gym. When you walk in the front door, there's a lobby. The lobby enters into a seating area. The seating area is next to a small carpeted zone we call the preschool area. In front of both of those is the spring floor. And towards the left side of are the vaults. Farther to the left is the trampoline and some other mats and storage. The vaults naturally have runways that extend all the way to the back of the gym. On the far left past the trampoline area are the parallel bars. Behind the floor um, on the opposite side of the runway are the bars. And on the right, far right of the bars are the beams. Littered throughout are piles of mats and other drills. Now this may seem fairly obituary and frankly a bit confusing now, but I promise you it will make sense. This is what made the round absolutely spine chilling. Gabby, Maya, and Abby were grouped together to be the seekers. They retreated to the lobby to count as we scrambled in the darkness to find a good spot. I choose to hide in the darkest corner of the preschool area under a small and colorful beam and colored up by this thin mat. I made sure I had a peephole. Everyone else scattered and hid. After all the noise of moving mats and had died down, I swore I heard a faint noise. I heard it again, but this time it was almost in my ear. My name, omitted for privacy of course, 
The voice says, sounding like a hissing snake, although the seekers were still counting. I felt that I could, couldn't be loud. Even though the voice had sounded so close to me, I thought it was Emma calling out for me from the right edge of the first floor 15 feet away. I whispered back, what? At the lowest volume I could, so I thought she could hear me. I only whispered once, and there was no response. I never could call out again because at that exact moment the seekers emerged from the lobby into the waiting darkness. I watched through my peephole as they went straight to the trampoline area, talking a little bit but still scared. After all, it was dark and we never had the best feeling about the gym at night. Tonight, particularly, I had a worse feeling that than any other time we had ever slept over. I watched the Seeker's figures moving from the trampoline area to the vaults, then slowly walking down the runway. My spying was interrupted by a figure in the corner of my vision. There was at least one human-like shape slowly making its way across the floor towards the vault runway where Gabby, Maya, and Abby were still sneaking along. I was a little mad that Emma was planning to scare the coaches without me, but insistent to remain hidden. I didn't come out. I hid my face for one second as I duck back into my secret place. I heard a sound, the sound that still sends chills down my spine. It sounded like a herd of animals crawling down the runway in a sprint. The girls had made a plot of scare to scare the coaches without me. I looked out as soon as I heard the noise and had to cover myself up immediately. Then I looked back out. What I saw still haunts me to this day. It wasn't my teammates out there at all. It was nothing. There was no one there. The sound was reverberating throughout the gym, but all I saw when I looked out was the gym as it was, except the runway had slightly blacker sheen. Maybe it was the figures I hadn't looked long enough to tell. As soon as I was back under the mat, I heard a thud and a set of screams followed by some sobs of terror. The stampede stopped. The only thing I had left to cling to was my hope of not being found. So I remained in my spot as the coaches and Abby lay to the end of the runway in pure disbelief and terror. They had turned on the flashlight, but no one had left their hiding spot. The gym was the gym was as it had been. No mats moved or shadowy figures, just a gym. After a minute of me hyperventilating under the map, I decided it was time to see if what I swear I had seen was real. Gabby, Maya, and Abby were in the exact place they had been minutes before, still in a heap of on, on the runway, sobbing. Everyone else had come over. Guys, come on! I thought we had no scaring rule during hide-and-seek. You remember what happened last time? I said, still doubting what I had definitely seen with my eyes. Though all that had happened, I was still skeptical. Maybe my eyes had been playing tricks on me and they... There really had been girls on the runway before. No one did that, OP. I was under a mat by the bars. 
The whole time, Brooke's response really made it seem real. I was beside the trampoline in the dark corner, and I swear to God, your mother, anything you you want, what I did, I didn't move. Elena added with a tear tremor. Sydney was too scared to talk, just shook her head. Sid and I were behind the parallel bars. We thought it was you and Emma. That's something you'd do, Charlie said. I had forgotten about Emma being near me. No, it wasn't us. You watched me come out from under the beams. I saw Emma crawl across the floor. I thought it was her. Emma seemed a little angry when I said that. No, I was there in those mats the entire time, I swear. I crossed my heart. I never moved or even spoke. That struck a chord for me. Wait, if you ever said anything, then who whispered for me? When I was, when I asked this, I knew it wasn't anyone else. They were all over 50 feet from my spot, other than Emma. It couldn't be explained. If you guys have any more questions about this story, let me know. Thank you for listening to my story. So, um, playing hide-and-seek in a haunted gym. Uh, gymnasium, to be exact. Um, that is a pretty wild story, and the creepiest part is getting your name whispered right into your ear. Um, and that, I think, that... Um, what do they call it? Um, spirits that have higher intelligence... Um, that they can actually find out what your name is and stuff. I don't know how that works, but that just would send a bone chilling, um, chill down my back. Just knowing that they know my name and, um, that they could possibly do, do some harm. Um, but to me, it sounds like it was a group of ghosts. It wasn't just one, which makes it even more disturbing because they hear a stampede and it sounds like everyone else was hiding during that time. So, um, and everyone else, that's what makes it more genuine and more, um, um, more of a solid story because everyone experienced it. If it was just one person that experienced it, then yes, could be playing with your mind and everything could be doing that but no everyone experienced that and when everyone experiences something like that it's hard to forget it really is and that definitely validates the story and puts everything into perspective um just to just um i don't know i mean just to just wondering i wonder what the history is behind um behind all this behind the whole gymnasium I wonder if there's some type of story that insinuates ghosts into this gymnasium but uh, we're going to go into the next story it's called In My Room and you guessed it a person um, has a disturbance in their room in their house as well so here we go guys the story is entitled In My Room 
And of course, it's a true story. Enjoy. My sister Penny was always afraid of the upstairs at our house. She never went up there at night. Our main conversation every night went something like this. Penny, Buffy, go upstairs and find me my white sweater, black jeans, and leather jacket. The clothing items would change from night to night, but I always asked to get her things. But she would not go up without an adult after dark. Me. Why can't you go get them, Penny? Penny, because something is up there. Me, I sleep there, nothing has happened to me. Penny, just wait, someday it will. Okay, I'll admit, it is creepy as hell up there. I will give you the layout. There are two rooms that lead into each other. No hallway, and there is an attic above, and one on each side. The house is well over a hundred years old and there is a banister over the stairs but it is closed off by a door. I remember Penny coming home from dates and before she would take her boyfriend upstairs she would send him up with a flashlight to check the closets and under the beds even though I was in one of those beds. Once when our mother asked her why she would not sleep upstairs in her room. She rattled off numerous reasons. Penny, you can see small lights come out from the closet, and you can hear footsteps and heavy breathing in the attics, and there is always a sense of being watched a little too closely. Me, this is ridiculous. I have never seen anything or heard anything. You should stop letting her sleep on the couch every night. Mom, She's okay. She can sleep where she wants. She's not hurting anything. I think my mom knew, but since nothing was bothering me at the time, she overlooked it. Better to have one daughter on the couch than two. I even took this problem to my dad. Being as he was always on my side, mom seemed that she was always on Penny's side. Eventually, my sister got married and moved out when she was 18 and I was 11. Then I guess the ghost or whatever thought it was my turn, my experience. The attics, I would hear stomping, and it was not in just one attic. It was all three. There were whispers in the closet, like two children having a conversation. The conversations I overheard were from talking about dolls. Sometimes they were trying to figure out what happened to someone named Uncle Daffy and sometimes it sounded as if they were discussing how they could run away. I did not get a bad feeling from the girls in the closet. I was always being watched all day and all night and lived in a constant state of panic. When I was upstairs, every nerve was on edge. The worst thing was the big black shadow in the middle of the night asking where Penny was. The voice wasn't the voice of a kid. It sounded like it came from someone who smoked four packs a day for 50 years. The black shadow asked after my sister six times every night. When I would not answer out of fear, the shadow would throw things at me. 
books, figurines, and even pictures. Then it was my turn to sleep on the couch, and then I understood my sister. It wasn't an excuse, she actually heard these things. I never understood why I didn't until after Penny moved out and I was bullied by this ghost or whatever. That's what this entity was, a bully. Something that always had to have power over us, the young, powerless sisters that lived in the home. Fast forward two years after Penny was gone, she had her own home. My oldest sister, Jeannie, couldn't afford the house she was renting due to being in the middle of a divorce, brought her kid, three kids, and moved in with us. Jennifer, which was five, Kevin, who was three, and Amanda, who was two which meant Jennifer would be staying with me and we were both expected to sleep upstairs. We were woken up all the time by stomping and when Jennifer would start to cry from being scared I would tell her it was because the house was old and that's what old homes did they settled at night. Exactly what my mom always told me when I heard odd noises in the home. Jennifer's sixth birthday rolls around, and my mother buys her one of these creepy clown dolls. You know, the ones with a plastic head, a wire body under its clown clothes, and has the most insanely evil laugh. That clown was always going off by itself at night, never during the day. One night I decided I had enough, so I got out of bed and went over to take the batteries out. But when I opened the battery pack, no batteries were inside. I told my mom and old sister that but no one cared or they thought it was an overactive imagination. Penny believed me so the next day I got up and threw it in the attic but it would still go off in the middle of the night. Then one day I came home and the doll was out of the attic and sitting on the chair across from my bed. When I asked who put, there, put that there no one knew. We ended up burning that doll. Penny came and burned this and burned sage in our home. Now that I am grown up, my kids who like to stay with my mom always tell me about their thing being moved and their chargers being jerked from the wall. But I still feel that it waits to this day for Penny to come home. Maybe because she feared it the most. I don't know. But I know that bully brought me a lot closer to the sister whom I could possibly not live without. Okay, so we've got another haunted house issue going on. And that is very true what she said at the very end of that story. Ghosts do feed on fear. So that could be a big factor why they wanted Penny back most, because they could feed off of her fear. And that's the scary thing, too, um, is if they can feed off of your fear, and they can feed off of your energy, and if they could feed off of your energy, that can lead to possession, which is a whole new story for another day. But um, very, very... Um, crazy story that they, they have like three attics I think in the story they said um, I don't know many uh, houses that have three attics um, 
I guess what she's saying is is like broken up into sections because my house where I'm at um, there's two attics if that's what she's talking about but um hearing moving um, moving stuff and getting hit with stuff whenever the ghost didn't get what he wanted that's pretty funny it's kind of like he was pitching a fit um, and I'm assuming it's just one ghost but um, you know it could be definitely a darker entity um, and I do think and I do believe that ghosts can possess a, a doll or an object for a not for a long period of time probably but just long enough they were just long enough able to possess that doll the clown doll and move it downstairs because um, I don't know I just believe in stuff like that I believe that if they gather enough energy they can do that and it's creepy as creepy as it sounds and as creepy as it is that can very very well happen but anyways guys Thank you for listening today on episode 17 of Unexpected Hauntings. Uh, make sure to write us a review on Apple Podcast and listen to us more and more as we will have more, um, more great content going out for you guys with each episode. Um, I really do believe that this podcast is growing even more and each episode it's growing more. And um, just let me know if there's anything I can do to tweak this episode or tweak this podcast for you guys. I'm always looking for a um, critique eye um, and always looking to improve this podcast. So um, make sure to subscribe to our Apple podcast, Spotify, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts with. Um, and I hope that you guys have a great day or night or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Thank you guys and hope that you guys tune in for our next episodes in the future. Thank you.